This is episode number 159 of Music Lesson Business Academy, and in today's episode, it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. I'm going to give you an update on what's happening with my music school since I made that big switch a few months ago to never going back to in-person lessons, sort of. And we're also going to talk about a lever number three, which is conversions. And I've got a really cool new way of doing your live stream events. All right, let's roll the intro. everybody, Danny Thompson here. Welcome back to another episode of Music Lesson at Business Academy. So good to be back with you guys for another episode. If it's your first time listening in, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Before we get into today's episode, like I mentioned in the intro, going to be kind of a mixed bag of some of the things I've been working on and uh, how it's all going with this move to just basically being an online-only kind of school. So I want to give you an update, get you caught up on how all that stuff is going. We'll talk about conversions, how to get a higher conversion rate with the leads that are coming in, uh, all that and more. Before I get into that, if you guys need more help with your music school, go over to musiclessonbusinessacademy.com and you can check out the coaching programs that I have available for you over there. I've got a real simple basic program that's very affordable for anybody. And then I have my higher level direct access one-on-one coaching, which is two hours of calls per month. It's really like having a personal trainer for your business. This episode of Music Lesson Business Academy is brought to you by NeverAloneBusinessServices.com. Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, website design, all that good stuff. General marketing for music schools by some people that owned a big music school. So uh, Chris and Jen over there, very good to work with. Hit them up. Talk to them about your marketing needs. Mention that you heard about it on Music Lesson Business Academy, and you can save a hundred bucks. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at TeacherZone, TeacherZone.com for scheduling, billing, and student learning management. Let's get into today's episode. All right, so um, yeah, what have I learned? What can I pass on to you guys that might be helpful? Um, what's good? What's bad uh, going on at my school? Um, I do want to mention, you know, because I've been talking to a lot of people about this, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, episode 158, I think it's just titled Harvest Season, but what I really talked about in there is, you know, not concentrating on what's right in front of us today, next week, even next month or two, but really looking down the road. And I just, I highly encourage you to go back and look at that or listen to that if you haven't. I know it might seem dismal or tough right now 
the news is just bad news, bad news, bad news every day to some extent, although we're getting some great news as well. Um, but yes, we are probably going to be in a tough spot here for the next month or two. And as rough as that is, what I think is very important to think about is just think back over the last couple of months. In one way, yes, it seems like an eternity that we've been dealing with this. But on the other hand, I can remember like, I can remember it being January of last year, right? And I was starting to um, practice songs for the new album my band was making. And uh, I had tours coming up in April and things like that. And then it was just a short blink of an eye and I was in the studio in March making that record. And then all this craziness happened out here. So in the blink of an eye, December is going to be over, right? I know it's just the beginning of December, but November went by so fast. Most of our schools, we are probably closed for a little break in December. That will be here so quickly. It will be January again so soon. Oops, forgot to turn off my ringer. And of course, it was an extremely important call from the Police and Firemen's Association looking for another donation, which I've already donated to like six different ones that have called me. So I, you know, I, I don't know whose fire department I'm even donating to right now. So anyway, um, but anyway, it is going to be spring in the blink of an eye. So look towards the future. Let's be ready for that harvest season that's coming. So anyway, that's last week's episode, but I wanted to reiterate that. So um, yeah, what have I been working on at my school? So as you know, or maybe you don't, if you're a new listener, uh, in July, we made the decision at my school to never go back to in-person lessons for the most part. Now, let me clarify that and give you kind of a rundown of what it looks like or what it is going to look like you know, when we get, you know, to the other side of everything here, I'm going to keep primarily our guitar, drums, I'm sorry, guitar, piano, and voice lessons online, except for some younger kids. So we probably all know that doing online guitar lessons or piano lessons for a seven or eight year old is a lot harder than it is for somebody a little bit older than that. So um, we kept one uh, portion of our building. We got rid of two other suites that we were renting. So we dramatically lowered our overhead. Um, so we do drum lessons in person. I've got a room for kids rock, which I'm going to talk about, um, the live bands, my DJ classes, some of the things that I think really should in the future as what well, you know, be an in-person experience. Um, and then we have also really upgraded what we're offering in an online lesson. So all my teachers, you know, have USB mixers, a good microphone, multiple HD cameras. We're using Manicam to overlay cool software programs like Cordy or, um, you know, a similar keyboard type program that uh, outlines the keyboard, uh, you know, the piano roll for you on the screen. Just lots of cool stuff uh, we're using seesaw to have this amazing video interactive upload of lesson assignments with the students that thing is just off the chain um and in so many ways the way we're doing it now um 
a guitar lesson with our online setup, I think, is better than driving to my school for an in-person experience. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, some people really like, you know, obviously that in-person connection. But, you know, when you do it right over Zoom, I feel basically to me like it's no different than talking to that person in person. I I don't really feel like I miss that. Um, You know, and the way... We've upgraded everything. I can see what he's doing, you know, with those hands to, to make that chord, uh, you know, the fingering of that chord or different things like that, as well as I could see it or close to as well as I could see it uh, in an in-person lesson. You know, yeah, he can't reach over and grab my finger and go, no, it's sixth string, not fifth string or whatever. But I mean, the reality is it's just getting so much better. And then all the other things that he's able to do on screen those things are higher quality for sure than what you were getting in that in-person lesson. You know, for him to just be able to flash up a chord diagram right in front of my face on my screen is easier than me looking over at his book or him pointing it out in the book. And I, I, I just think there's so many elements of it that can be way better. And then if you just add the convenience factor that, you know, driving, you know, through Orange County traffic at five o'clock you know, to come to a lesson for only 30 minutes, I think is an issue. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we're going. And, you know, what we're looking at is how do we kind of combine these things? Now, I mentioned that with the younger kids, obviously, it's a little bit tougher. So here's kind of what we're thinking. You know, obviously, we're going to do kids rock, and that's your four to seven year olds. Now, uh, let me mention that right now. I'm I have 20 kids in Kids Rock right now, ready to go. Now, granted, hopefully we don't get shut down here in the next couple of weeks where I can't do that class, but I've kind of been building it back up. I actually have a waiting list. I'm just running smaller classes. There's only three kids. I have one class where there's four because the kids are all uh, related, um, but running three classes. So yes, it's less kids per class, which cuts into the profitability. I have to do more classes, but it still totally works out. And, you know, I could even add classes right now. Like I'm getting tons of inquiries for it and I'm doing no paid ad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing a Google, uh, I'm doing pay-per-click uh, Google ads, paid search for uh, Kids Rock, but that's about it. So not a big ad spend at all. My whole budget is like $350 a month and that's for all the instruments. So not really spending a lot. I'm getting a ton of inquiries. So people are ready to go. So you know what? We get shut down next month. Who cares? It'll be a month or two later. I open that up. I'm going to have, I'm going to be back to 40 kids in Kids Rock so fast. So, you know, that is going great. And I, I think it's time to just, just start thinking about March and April, like what you could do and get ready for that now in your marketing and in your hiring and all the things. Like I, I'm just going to be extremely optimistic about that, you know, as far as what's possible in the, the, the blink of an eye in the future, you know, and just lean into that because there's not really much I can do about any negative thing that's going to happen in the next month or two. I'm just going to keep chugging along. I think most of our customers and parents and stuff, they're in that same mindset. So I think now is a good time for us to take a leadership role with your students and parents and start prepping them for like, here's what's coming next. That's going to be amazing. So 
Now, with um, the private lessons with younger kids, yes, it's a little tougher. So what we will do, you know, again, in the near future when everything's opened up again, is I probably will do some in-person private lessons for piano or guitar or voice for younger kids only. So it's like if you're under 10 years old only and you're not going to be in a kid's rock class, we'll have limited space because I got rid of some buildings, right? So I only have very little space. So I won't have a lot of offerings for it, but I'm going to charge a premium price for it. You know, it's going to be more expensive than it used to be because I might only have space to really do like 20 of those students or something like that. But 20, if I can add 20 kids to our existing student base at an even higher profit margin where, you know, each one of those lessons is making us over a hundred dollars a month profit. Um, and the, and the difference now is that hundred dollars of profit. I don't really have as much rent coming out of it. I still have one small space, but it, you know, when I add it all up now, it's a tiny little bit. So it's almost a hundred dollars net profit, you know, getting close to that. That will just be a nice little added boost and bump to go along with 40 kids doing kids rock. And we've actually been growing our live rock band program through the pandemic. So I've added, you know, not huge numbers, but five, six, seven kids to our live band program. And adding those kids on, again, is just pure extra profit. So we're going to continue to expand that with the mindset that, you know, you're a 13-year-old kid, you're going to do your 30-minute guitar lesson. Just do it online from home, right? Then come to the school for 90 minutes on Saturday or whatever and hang out with other kids your age in your band. That's the social element. That's the click. That's the interaction. Uh, You know, now, all that said, it's not as easy a sale as it used to be. So I'm getting tons of leads right now. Uh, My SEO is doing really well. I mean, I'm getting every day forms filled out on that website. For sure. It's rare that a day goes by that I don't get at least one form filled out. But between forms getting filled out, random phone calls coming in, um, you know, things like that, I'm getting a lot of leads. Now, the leads do seem to be a little bit flakier right now as far as them making the decision to sign up. But what we might be seeing is people testing the waters because they know what's going to, that it is going to open up somewhere down the road. And now they're hearing kind of bad news, so it's like, oh, you know, can we do a drum lesson right now? Or, I don't, you know, they might be waiting a little bit just to kind of get through this next little period. When I do get them on the phone, um, it's a harder sell. Because, yes, most people are looking for an in-person lesson because that's what they've always known. And anytime you're taking... The way it's always been done and looking at potentially, you know, doing it a different way, Um, you know, when it's up to you to convince people that, hey, there's a new way, you know, and and I've said it before, but I kind of think about like, I see these car commercials, right? Like Carvana, where it's like, you know, they said, when we told people we were going to sell cars on the internet, everyone thought we were crazy. And that's true. I can remember... 
way back when working at Guitar Center when the internet was hitting and we all said, oh, dude, nobody's going to spend two grand on a Les Paul and buy it off the internet without coming in to play that instrument. And uh, yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> um, you know, so people buy all kinds of stuff, high ticket items off the internet. But it took a little time for that to become the norm. So I feel like I'm kind of fighting that battle when I talk to people. So I've had to adjust my sales pitch a little bit. But over the last week or two, when I get them on the phone, I've had a really high closing ratio. Um, when I explain to them, this is where we're going with it. This is the benefits of it and things like that. So all those things put together, we actually had a profitable October, which was amazing. And I, I should be profitable in November. I've lowered my expenses even more. Let me, let me touch base a little bit on that because getting rid of two suites worth of rent was one thing to help the expenses. Obviously, that was a large chunk. But what really added to that is when we started really going line by line through our P&L statement, and looking at stuff we were spending money on and eliminating things we really didn't need right now. So yes, there's, you know, I've turned off a service or two here and, and there that, yes, are convenient for me. That might make me have to do a little bit more work right now or whatever. But I'm willing, you know, that's no big deal in the long run. You know, getting rid of those business, those buildings and moving towards the online lesson format, you know, it, it's saving us a little bit of payroll because the student, the teachers aren't traveling uh, and driving to the school, getting there 15 minutes early and punching in and just some little things like that. Um, we are, it's shocking when you start going through your expenses and realize, you know, you were spending $400 a month on paper towels and toilet paper for all those people coming to the school, like simple things like that. All of a sudden you start going through and you're like, wow, that's another thousand dollars we just took off of our expenses. So we got the expenses lower than I even anticipated they would be. So we right now with less students than I had before, you know, cause I'm still down about a hundred students, right. From my peak time, but I'm actually profiting right now, like last month and this month, very similar levels of profit, maybe not quite, but, but getting close. So if I can add 50 people to where I'm at right now, I'm going to be crushing it. Uh, you know, and I'm looking to build the school based around several pillars, right? So having the ability to do like on, uh, in-person drum lessons is a pillar and that's an easier sell than an online lesson, right? So I have that pillar that's pretty easy for me to keep filled. I have maybe three openings for drums and that's it right now on the schedule. I've got like three openings on Friday and that's it. Um, I can maybe add another teacher to our drum roster so I can get um, some, some Saturday we could add and we could open up Sunday for drums. So maybe if I really push it, I can add another 10 or 12 drum students, which, you know, when you're already profitable, adding 10 or 12 students, you know, that's a nice little added profit bump. Um, having the band classes in person, the you know, having Kids Rock as an in-person thing in both of my locations, South County uh, and 
Costa Mesa, having DJ lessons in person, South County and Costa Mesa. Those are easy sells that I can keep generally pretty busy and are good profit margin items for me. So um, there's that element of the business that is kind of one leg to stand on. And then the online lessons, I would say there's two other tiers of that or, or pillars that we're leaning on. And one is, you know, our existing student base that maybe started with us, um, you know, in person, but moved to online and keeping all of those students uh, active with us because they, they have that relationship with their teacher and things like that. But also I'm really looking outside of my area for another, you know, hundred online students. Uh, putting those things together, I will have my business be the most profitable I've ever had it be with far less daily work for me, which is something I've really been interested in getting to. So that's kind of what's going on there and, and what's on my mind and what I'm thinking about when it comes to the status of my business. All right, let me tell you about this cool live stream idea. Now, I've been talking on and off about live stream events ever since, you know, the world changed and, um, you know, it's gotten better and better and better. And I keep evolving with how we're doing it. And I feel that even if we, you know, I don't think we'll ever go back to like a regular recital in person somewhere. I, I think there's just way more opportunities and it's much more convenient for people. And, and there's so much more you can do with this versus that in-person experience. Our bands, yes, I think eventually we're going to want the bands, you know, to play at House of Blues or whatever again, because that's a really highly elevated in-person experience. So my band actually did a live stream event um, this past week. And, you know, I think when bands started to, you know, look for alternative things to do while they couldn't tour. You know, maybe the first few things that went out there were real live streams or solo artists going live, live, which is, which is totally doable. But what all the bands started doing was pre-recording their live stream. So I took, you know, two days up at the location where we were filming. We did like a five camera shoot um, and, you know, each instrument and line level was all recorded into Pro Tools as if we were basically kind of recording the band playing a live set. Now, we played the sets of music as if we were doing a show. We weren't stopping in between. We didn't go back if we made a mistake or anything like that. But what we were then able to do is take that Pro Tools recording and do a nice mix of it and edit the video. So it's a great video of a live performance that sounds really good. And then we did three-night event of live, of live streaming that. And then we mixed it in with some other stuff. So we did, a, you know, one portion was actually a live Q&A. So we were able to cut into the performance and do a live Q&A. But then uh, the opening bands that played with us, they all pre-recorded their sets or, you know, artists did some stuff, just them and an acoustic guitar, and they all pre-recorded it. So, but it came across as this really cool, you know, slick produced kind of event with like TV commercials and on screen, uh, we used, 
we hosted it on a service called No Cap. And, you know, people had to buy tickets for it, of course. Um, but then there was also a donation button where they could donate to the venue that we were playing at because, you know, all the venues are struggling. Uh, with all kind of cool, like, you know, visual images of all the merch we were selling for the event and things like that. So it was a really pro looking event. Uh, and that service, you, you could use it for your bands at your school. It, it's basically you charge whatever ticket price you want. They just add a little bit onto it and that's how they make their money. So, uh, this Sunday we are doing what was going to be a band live stream. I've decided to do the recording of the band and film it and edit and everything later. And I think when the students watch the event, so now I'm going to have a premiere date for that show to happen. And the student who played in the show can be at home watching it on their big screen TV in their living room. They could invite friends over to watch it, which in a way I think they could get more traction with it. Well, maybe they wouldn't invite friends over to watch it. Not now. But <laughs> I think you could get potentially more traction on their end versus, you know, trying to get them to tune in to a live, live, live stream. So we'll see how it goes. I, I know the sound quality is going to be way better. And uh, I think I can do a cool job with the editing because taking my good cameras and just shooting and recording on, you know, the SD cards... I can do more with the camera work, much, much more, much easier than I'm able to do with the live stream because, you know, with even with my type of cameras, it, it they're good for live streaming. You know, it's got to be sitting still. It's not really like I can do a roaming camera versus now having drum cam and having, you know, kind of a, a camera on a gimbal and stuff like that. I, I'm able to get some really cool footage. I was really inspired by what we were able to do with my band. Uh, so, you know, and in a way it's a little less stressful for the students. If there's a major catastrophe in a song, I guess we could re record that one song and I, I, I could work on it that way, but you know, it's, um, you know, uh, we can go from there with it pretty easily to create like a really, really cool event. All right, so in today's seven lever, we're going to talk about lever number three, which is conversions. We've been hitting that a lot lately. It's on my mind a lot because I'm getting all these leads, but my conversion rate is lower than it used to be. So understandably so. So here's a couple uh, things I've been working on, and I think you should really ensure that you are dialed with this. So in active campaign, I've been going a lot deeper into the segmentation of the lead and what can be sent to that lead. Now, uh, Active Campaign's got a couple cool tools um, that I was looking at. Now, I did a call with them the other day to, um, sometimes I do it just to get more, you know, in, info for myself on some of the services that they offer so I can help you guys uh, with your Active Campaign. Um, but couple things they're really working on. One is they do, um, they have what's called pages, which are basically like lead pages that you can build. So, um, you know, if you need to create like a new landing page for, you know, a new service you're offering or something like that, and you, and you don't have that built on your website. So, you know, you can use a page builder inside 
active campaign, you get that at the plus level, which is the level I would recommend everybody should be signed up for. And, um, you know, I was using an outside service for that. That was costing me $200 a month. And I, I'd already turned that off because most of my landing pages are built on the website already, but you know, I've got something coming up like that. I'm going to build something separate for that. I don't necessarily want to maybe be a permanent page on my website. I can build it in there. So then the lead, the tagging, everything is just all right inside Active Campaign already. So if you're launching something new, you could have all your landing pages for that in Active Campaign, just right there, all in one service. That's pretty awesome. This other thing they do is you could overlay web pages through Active Campaign on top of your website without doing any changes or programming or anything to your website. So you don't have to, nothing's going to get messed up on your website. Don't freak out, Christina. Um, you literally just enter the URL of the page and it overlays the page that you've built in Active Campaign. And the idea behind that, this might be a little bit more useful for like somebody who's upselling or something like that. So let's say you had a customer tagged a certain way in Active Campaign. Adult guitar student. When they if they go back to your website for something, the page can look different to them than it looks to a mom who's got a nine-year-old student that went back to your website for something. That's really cool technology. Now, I haven't figured out exactly how I would use something like that for my school because our customers primarily, you know, they're unsegmented when they first hit your website in most cases. So, and by the time, you know, you've got them in active campaign and maybe tagged them and everything, you're really just trying to interact with them and call them on the phone or text them to get them signed up. And once they're signed up, they don't go back to the website a lot, but you know, they, you could drive them back there from the standpoint of like, um, maybe going to a page, you know, like a customer portal page or something like that. And you could show them different things on there based on how they were tagged. So uh, that's something I'm going to mess around with in the future. Um, but the basic segmenting that I'm doing is through my forms on the website, I'm asking what instrument they're looking at and what if they're an adult or they're looking for inst uh, lessons for a child. So then when they go into my new automation, depending on what boxes they've ticked, the emails and the content going out to those people is very different. The way I'm speaking to an adult about playing guitar is totally different than the way I'm speaking to a mom or dad who's looking for lessons for their kids. That should give us an increase for sure in our um, conversion rates. We've always asked that question. I'm doing my website. I, want, I don't want to alienate adult students, but I, most of my students are going to be kids, so I've got to lean into you know the 80-20 rule there. So doing segmenting like this in your email and potentially using that super cool website layover thing. There could be a way to use that as well to, um, you know, try to show different customers a different look and a different message based on who they are and what they need. At the most basic level, though, now is a great time 
to dial in all your active campaign automations and really, really deep down uh, think about rewriting some of those emails and experimenting with different language. You know, if, if you go a dramatically different way with some language in an email, like don't be afraid to do it. I've had to battle that as well, where it's like, man, I, I kind of want to see if this works, but I'd hate to like miss out on a few students because it didn't work, you know, but you have to test those things. And you could also segment things that way in active campaigns so that two identical leads, right? Two adult guitar students could go into different automations as a way to see what emails or to give them different emails, right? to uh, see, well, is one getting better open rates and is one converting better than the other and things like that. You know, keep in mind that if you can just increase your conversions of your leads you already have by 5% or maybe 10%, that's a tipping point. Your school's going to go through a tipping point at that level. So as much as I'm always like, well, we got to get this many leads coming in, it in a way, if I just got better at the conversions, and I, I, I do quite a bit, I'm pretty decent with it, but if I could just get that 5 or 10% better, I would never need to increase my ad budget at all or you know, really worry about the leads quantity coming in. I'm just closing more of those customers. All right, guys, that's it for today's action-packed episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, go over to musiclessonbusinessacademy.com. You can check out those coaching programs I have over there. I'd love to connect with you. I love getting on a Zoom call and digging deep into somebody else's business and looking at these stats and looking at their, you know, their Google Analytics and what's happening and finding those spots where it's like, well, we could change this, this, and this and get an increase. I love doing that with people. So if you want to take your business to the next level, Hit me up over there at musiclessonbusinessacademy.com. If you've got any questions before you sign up, by all means, feel free to contact me. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>